Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, good morning and glad you're here today. And those who are joining us online, we're thankful for your presence. And, and as we talk today about the resurrection and what difference that, does that make, I hope that uh, at home you're, you're thinking and following through and reading scripture with us and that uh, you will be thinking about the decision you would need to make. So I want to talk to you this morning, of course, about the resurrection, but from this perspective, what difference does it make? I mean, it's really more than just a nice idea. It is an historical fact. And every time you write a date, you're acknowledging that reference point. The life of Christ is what split history, the central event of all history. And the crucial part of everything that has ever happened, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is in the center of that. So what's the big deal? Why is it so important? Well, Paul put it this way. He said in 1 Corinthians, and if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty in your sins. There's no hope for you. Uh, I like the way the good news translation puts it. If Christ has not been raised from death, then we have nothing to preach and you have nothing to believe. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is a delusion and you are still lost in your sins. One other version, the New International Version, the same verse. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So Paul says that the resurrection, it's the cornerstone. Everything rises or falls based on the resurrection. In fact, there are over a hundred references in the New Testament to the resurrection. Uh, and it says that if Christ did not raise from the dead, then you and I have nothing to believe. We have nothing to hang on. We're wasting our time to even come here on a Sunday morning. Might as well be out on the lake and enjoying it. But because Jesus did raise from the dead, and because it is the cornerstone, the fact in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, but the fact Jesus has been raised from the dead. And if that's true, then that means he's still alive today. And he hasn't changed. Uh, Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he has not changed. He's still alive. He has not changed. And it makes a difference. It's a big deal. And so he was raised from the dead. Christ is alive. And I want to be simple and to the point today. So I I just want to say three things today. I want to get on to three things because Christ is alive today and you benefit from it in three different ways. Number one, because Jesus is alive, his purpose is still unchangeable. He's in the same business today that he was in 2000 years ago. 
And, and what is his business? Well, John 10, 10 tells us, he says, I have come that you might have, and some people think it actually says this, I have come that you might have religion and I have come so that you might be miserable. I have come to dump a bunch of do's and don'ts on you and a bunch of rules on you. And a lot of people think that the Christian life is just that, a bunch of do's and mostly don'ts. And, uh, it, and you basically says, you know, hey, you don't drink, you don't cuss, you don't smoke, you, you know, forget your mask, don't do it. Do, you know, I mean, he goes along with all these do's and don'ts. And, and, and if all Christianity means don't do anything, well, any dead person qualifies to be a Christian because they don't do nothing. So all you got to do is die and you become a Christian. But that's not the way it is. Here's what Jesus said. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Talking about the evil one. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. A rich, not talking about wealth as we understand it, but a fullness, a satisfying, a full life. I mean, Jesus is in the life business, not in the death business. I mean, look at how many commercials that deal with life. You know, you haven't really lived until you have our product. And, and uh, I mean, what did you do before you had your latest iPhone? My goodness. I mean, I, I grew up in that group that didn't have cell phones. And we went, when we wanted to be with our friends, you know what we did? We went out and found them. Now, where I grew up, we would go to McDonald's and circle around McDonald's until your friend showed up and got in the circle. And then once you made eye contact, then you both pulled out of the circle and you were with your friends. That's what we did. That was the place you go to find your friends. Circle around McDonald's. If we had Chick-fil-A, it would have been Chick-fil-A. But you go and you go and you find your friends and, uh, and you make plans and then you just go do stuff. And you have a blast. I mean, you know, it's, it, we never sat around at home. We were always out doing stuff and just having a blast, having a good old time and enjoying ourselves. But, you know, some people, they, um, they're not living. They're just existing. They're kind of like on a treadmill of life. You, you get up, eat breakfast, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Next day, get up, eat breakfast, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to bed. Do that day after day after day. Then on weekends, you shake it up a little bit, maybe go to the lake, go to the beach. But you just get in such a routine, you're just on a treadmill. And, and some people, they get to the halfway point and they want to go, oh, where have I been and where am I going? What is this all about? And Jesus said, hey, I didn't come for you to just exist. I came for you to have life, a meaningful life, a life that is fulfilling. Oscar Wilde put it this way. He said, the rarest thing in the world is to find someone who is really alive. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Life is used more than 200 times in the Bible, in the New Testament. <clears throat> he says, I've come that you might have life, life to its fullest. 
And, and Jesus, his purpose has not changed. His purpose is still the same. He has come for you to have life. <clears throat> In John three seventeen, listen to what Jesus said. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And he said, I, I, I've come not to condemn you, but to change you. I've come not to make you feel guilty, but to relieve you of your guilt. I've come not to rub things in, but to rub it out. I mean, in that phrase, in that sentence, you know, we, we didn't need a good teacher. We needed someone who could save us. Now, Jesus was the good teacher, but what we needed more was somebody who could do something about our guilt. You know, a lot of people have this conception. If I give my life to Christ, then he'll restrict me in all the do's and don'ts and I, my life will be miserable. And you know, if one of my kids had come to me when they were still at home and just said, hey dad, I just want you to know I so trust you. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do whatever you tell me to do. Now, how would have I responded? Would I have said, oh, you're gonna live to regret that. From now on, it's going to be work, work, work. And you're going to eat Brussels sprouts. And if you don't finish your Brussels sprouts, you're going to eat that chopped liver. I mean, I'm going to make things so hard on you, so miserable. You're going to wish you weren't born in this family. Would I have done that? Absolutely not. Man, my heart would have been so melted. And I would have thought, okay, what does my child love more than anything else? You know, what, what, do they, what, do, what do they enjoy doing? Because I, I want to make sure they get to experience all of that. I, I want to fill their life with so much excitement and so much joy. And, and you see, that's exactly the way God is. When we go to God and say, look, I've made a mess of my life. So here it is. I'm giving it to you. God doesn't say, well, you're going to live to regret this. I'm going to take away anything that's called fun in your life. No, he says, look. I, I'm going to take your life and I'm going to make it exciting. I'm going to give you a reason to get up in the morning. I, I'm going to give you a reason to breathe. I'm going to give you a reason to enjoy life, to love life, to experience all that I intend for you to experience. So what am I saying today? God wants you to know that his plan is still the same. And Jesus said, I've come to give you life, a rich, satisfying life. There's a second thing that you need to know today. Because Jesus is alive, his power is still available. His power is still available. Uh, you know, there's so many bestseller books that deal with power, uh, how to get it, how to use it, how to keep it. You know, we learn everything about power, <clears throat> how to dress for power, how to eat for power, how to take a shower for power, <laughs> uh, you know, how, how to have the power lunch. And everybody's looking for power. And Jesus says, hey, my power is available to you. Listen to this. This is in Ephesians 1. And there's, there's some amazing statements in these verses. So watch this. Just follow carefully with this. I keep asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. So that's being prayed on your behalf. And that's a continual prayer that you will have spiritual wisdom and insight. So that, why? Well, so that you will grow in your knowledge of God. You see, the more you know about God, the better off you are. The more exciting it is. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. The problem many of you have right now is the lights are out in your heart. And your heart's just full of some darkness and you don't see the truth because you're kind of bumping around in the darkness. But this prayer that is still being prayed and is an active prayer today, even though it was prayed 2,000 years ago, he is praying that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope. He wants you to know this. He has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So basically, he's praying, God, turn on their spiritual lights so they can see how rich they are in you and how important they are to you. Now listen to this. I also pray that they will understand, here it is, the incredible greatness of God's power for us. I also pray and continue to pray, and it is still being prayed, and God is still answering this prayer, that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. So anybody who believes in Jesus, you have incredible greatness of God's power in you. This same mighty power, it's not just any power. Listen to this. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. So the reason we celebrate Easter is because Jesus rose from the dead. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. If you trust Jesus. That's... That's overwhelming. That's overwhelming. I love to go to Israel. I love to be in the area where Jesus was buried and where he rose from the dead. But if I want to see the power that really rose him from the dead, all I have to do is look in here. All you have to do is look in yourself. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. This power that lives in you is the power of Jesus Christ that raised him from the dead. And his power is above any power this world has ever known or ever will know. There is no power greater than this power. And it's inside of you. 
I mean, this same power caused the resurrection 2,000 years ago. That's great news. The same power is available to you. That's great news. So do you feel powerless to change your situation? Out of the babes, mouths of babes comes truth. I'm afraid to ask any more questions. <laughs> Do you feel powerless to change a relationship? Do you feel power, feel powerless to change yourself, to change a bad habit? Do you have a personal energy crisis? Nothing is beyond God's power. Sometimes we need the power to start over. Maybe some of you feel like Humpty Dumpty and you have fallen off that wall so many times that your cracks have cracks. And, and you just, you get to a point that you're so messed up, you think there's no way God can put this back together. Then whenever you say that, you don't understand the power of holy God. He can take your biggest mess and restore you completely as if it never had happened. I, I, um, I like watching the SpaceX rockets take off. I, I love growing up watching any of the rockets take off, especially the Saturn V. That Saturn V rocket was massive. And, and the scientists, the rocket engineers tell us that the greatest amount of power that is needed is right at the beginning. The greatest amount of energy happens at the beginning just to get that thing off the pad from dead stop to taking off. That initial power is where the bulk of the energy is needed to get that rocket off the lunch pad. And, and maybe that's why some of you feel stuck. You're so stuck in your life right now. You're stuck in your problem. You're stuck in your situation. And you think there's not enough power to get me off this thing to get me out of this crazy loop I'm in, to get me out of this cycle I'm in. Well, the energy that it takes to get the SpaceX rockets into space is just like a little firecracker compared to the power of holy God. So how do you get your life off a of dead center? You need God's power and it is available. If he rose from the dead, he will work in your life. Sometimes you need power just to get going. Have you ever gotten halfway through a project and you run out of steam? Have you ever gotten halfway through a career and wondering, is this all that there is? Have you ever gotten halfway through a marriage and started thinking, did I make a mistake? Have you gotten through halfway through parenting and start thinking, am I going to make it? Or have I ruined my kids? Have you gotten halfway through life and start thinking, what's the use? God gives us not just starting power to get off dead center, but the power to keep going forward. He has that persistent power. It's kind of like the guy that was persistent with the girlfriend that he wanted to be girlfriends with. I mean, he was trying to woo his girlfriend in the marriage. So he came up with this plan for 48 days. 
he had a special package and flowers sent to her at work every single day by special delivery. So 48 days every day, <clears throat> this guy brought the special, had the special delivery brought of flowers and candy and different things and a love note. And, uh, and it worked. On day 47, she wound up marrying the delivery guy. Because Jesus is alive today, his purpose has never changed. It's the same one. He will give you life. So if you're discouraged, remember Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I'm just glad I don't don't have to struggle with life under my power. I, I have to struggle with life, but not under my power, but under his power. If it was under my power, I would have copped out a long time ago. The third thing, because Jesus is alive today, it means his promise is still available. All of his promises, they're still available. When you read through the New Testament, you realize that Jesus made a lot of incredible promises. Amazing times he would say, like for example, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Wow. That's an incredible promise. That sounds like a blank check. If Jesus were dead, then obviously he couldn't keep any of those promises. But because Jesus is alive, his promises are still reliable. Second Corinthians, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I mean, it's a full-time job, over 7,000 promises in the Bible. It's a full-time job carrying those promises out. And it's a promise as good, is, is only as good as, as, you're, as the person who made it is dependable. And Jesus is dependable. And if Jesus makes a promise to you, you can count on it. He, he has said, you give me your life and I'll bring, I'll bring sense to it. I'll forgive you of your sins. I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you a reason for living. Cornell University at the medical school, there's a Dr. Howard, Harold Wolf. He did a study back in the day of 25,000 POWs from World War II. And they studied all the circumstances that they were under as POWs and the inhumane conditions that many of them went through, the torture that they went through, and the mistreatment, malnourishment, and the stress. And he came to one conclusion after studying these 25,000 POWs, both men and women, He said, a man or a woman can withstand incredible pressure and stress as long as they have hope. But the moment hope is gone, forget it. Hope is usually the last thing to go and you cannot live without hope. Christ gives you a life full of hope. So what are you putting your hope in? The government? How's that working out for you? 
Are you putting your hope in the next stimulus check? What's that doing for you? Are you putting your hope in the next speech by whoever's president? Are you putting your hope in popular opinion? Where's your hope coming from? Is it reliable? Is it faultless? The ones I've named are not reliable. There's only one hope that is absolutely, totally reliable, 24 7, 100% of the time. And that's because Jesus Christ is still alive today and he is the source of hope. You can count on it. Philippians 4.19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. He's the source of your hope. What source of hope are you turning to? Are you looking to your banker? Are you looking to the economy? What source of hope are you looking for? Listen to what Jesus said. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Our job's to believe. He did the rest. They will never be condemned for their sins. Never. It'll never be brought up. But they have already passed from death into life. Even though you're still alive and you're still in this life, He's looking at you as if you are already in heaven. It's a done deal. You're going to be there. He has a place for you. Now, while you're going through this life, it's tough and it's a challenge, but he gives you the power. He gives you the hope. He gives you the purpose. He gives you the reason to get up in the morning because he's saying to you, hey, there is no guilt on your shoulders. You do not feel guilty anymore. I have forgiven you. I have the power to forgive you. I've given you a reason to live, a reason to get up in the morning. And the day's going to come where you're going to come and be with me in eternity. And it's all because of who I am and what I've done for you. It is nothing you can do for yourself. But if you put your hope in me, that's all the hope you need. That's what Jesus has done for you. You see, death for a believer is nothing but a transfer. Romans 10, 9, if you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then Jesus put it this way. I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. You see, he's telling you what it means to be a Christian. Being a Christian is not going to church. Sitting in church will not make you a Christian, just like sitting in a chicken house. It won't make you on the menu for Chick-fil-A. You may say, well, I've always gone to church. Well, that doesn't make you a believer. Well, I grew up in church. So? Jesus said, when you confess with your mouth, 
and believe in your heart, that's when it happens. When you say Jesus is my Lord, he's my boss, my CEO. Jesus said, because he is alive, I'm standing at the door and I'm, lo- and I'm knocking. And if you open that door, I promise you I will come in. It's that simple. So I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a relationship. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Jesus is God's attempt to get to you. So, simple facts. God made this world. God made you. You're not here by accident. There's no such thing as illegitimate children. Oh, they're illegitimate parents, but not illegitimate children. And he saw you just as you are before you were ever born. And he loved you. And he still loves you. And he wants to have eternal life with you. He wants you to spend eternity with him. Another fact, every one of you have made mistakes. I've made mistakes. None of us are perfect. We've all blown it. We have all sinned. But that's why I needed a savior. That's why you need a savior. And that's why Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago to save you. The fact is that Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross And he took that penalty for everything that you've ever done on that cross. And he rose again. And he is here today. And he knew that you would be in this service today. And he loves you. And he cares about you. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. So what are you going to do about it? You know the truth. And this truth will set you free. In just a moment, I'm going to do like I did in the last service. I'm just going to be here at the front. And I am going to invite you to come and say, hey, I'm tired of being a church goer. I want to be a Christ follower. I want to open up my heart to Jesus. Come and just let me pray with you. We had two individuals. uh, We had a young teenager teenage girl and we had a senior adult who both came and said I want to seal this I want to I want to make this right and both received Christ in their life and I'm wondering who's sitting here today that already the Holy Spirit's saying to you the pastor is talking to you And everybody in here, listen, don't worry about what anybody's going to think. They're going to be excited for you. They're going to be excited for you. They're going to pray for you. I mean, this is a safe place to make this decision. So I'll be here at the front and you just, you just come. Don't even wait till the music starts. Just get up and start coming down and let me pray with you and let's settle this and let's get this done. So let's pray.